6.53 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Wednesday morning. We talk every Wednesday at this time with our teammate from 101.7 The Truth, host of the afternoon show, Dr. Ken Harris. And in February, we're focused on Black History Month. And I've said before, I'm committed to making that more than just biographies of black leaders and influences, talking about some important issues. And Dr. Ken, we talk all the time about Milwaukee being a segregated city. And even a guy like me who grew up in integrated schools in Wauwatosa, when I did... My black friends, my black teammates, after football practice, they went back to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I bedded down in Wauwatosa, and we never quite completed that ultimate goal, which was we're going to live together, yeah. we're going to commune together. Why is yeah. that? Well, let me, let me start with this. Many believe inner cities, code words for ghettos, and the transition of black and African American to, to people of color is respectful, but in fact, it's really a lie perpetuated along the same lines as redlining, which is why black people left Wauwatosa and came to Milwaukee after school. When the government creates and promotes de jure segregation created by government, inner cities are in fact ghettos, which is defined as slums created by government action. Thus, people of color becomes a way to soften the impact of redlining on blacks. But this is just an example of the convoluted stuff that the United States Supreme Court had to go through, the Federal Housing Authority and society. Encompassing a reviewer at the Public Policy Institute, it it, it reads, to scholars and social critics, the social and racial segregation of Milwaukee neighborhoods has long been viewed as a manifestation of unscrupulous real estate agents, unethical mortgage lenders, exclusionary exclusionary covenants working outside the law. This is what is commonly known as de facto segregation, practices that are private, not law, not explicit public policy. Personal example of that is when my realtor told my wife and I, when we moved to Milwaukee, you'll be more comfortable on the north side. Subsequently, I had to threaten to sue her and the bank and without a lawyer, found six federal violations. And if I could do that, imagine what a lawyer could do. They tried to give us the house for free. And we couldn't say anything. Non-disclosure agreement. And I said, not only do I want the mortgage with a reasonable rate, I want it recorded in the county so it shows that a black person bought a mortgage in Milwaukee. And I've been fighting that same type of fight every day. A book that breaks down case by case, private activity, It really shows that it couldn't have been imposed on segregation we see today in Milwaukee without explicit government policies designed to ensure the separation of blacks and whites. That comes in a book called The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. So my question now this morning, as we look at that historic influence, are these mechanisms to any degree still in place and even if not, how do we begin this process of of desegregation, which now falls on us mm-hmm. to choose to do? Well, part of the issue is that many times today, it's very difficult to buy a house. I mean, I, I moved into Washington Heights in Milwaukee and still had trouble buying a house. I've gone to houses where people said, oh, no, the house is sold. I said, that's funny because I called the realtor five minutes ago and they said the house is still open. I'm here the realtor's in the house. The owner comes out and says, oh, we just sold the house. You know, time after time. I don't, I don't know if you really can until someone decides to actually sell you their house because you gave them more money than the other person. 
<laughs> right, which is right. which is the which real is estate the game. Right, just the whole point. we're all out there shopping. Yeah. Do, do you see that in our future, ten years? Why is he asking? You must have been a journalist. <laughs> right. I'm asking good questions. Um, you know, because honestly, it's interesting. I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in right. Wauwatosa. My community wasn't integrated, but the schools were. It wasn't 50-50 or anything like right. that. But there was never a time when I was in school where I didn't have some African-American students in a class. So we had that. But then now I live in Greendale, and we are I, – about as integrated as Tosa was many of those right. years ago. And I don't know that it's the fault any of my friends or neighbors. Uh, that, I mean, that's how I feel, but I don't, I don't know if that still exists. Well, when the government comes in and sets it up so you can't buy a house, mm-hmm. that then created the separation of schools, which is what Brown versus the Board of Education, Topeka, Kansas was about. But then a private barrier with me simply just not selling you my house causes you to not be able to move the artificial part. Is there a reason why it costs that much to live in Whitefish Bay? Like, is there a reason why a house literally a third of the size of mine in Sherman park is worth three times my house? Come see us on the South side, man. That's why. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate at one oh one seven, the truth. Always appreciate you. All right.